Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Well, it's good to see everyone this morning, and um, this is Memorial Day. We're going we're gonna to be seeing a video talking about that and having some prayer over, over all that, but what a beautiful name it is. I can't help but think how good God is. You know, we, we come and we can just freely come to Him because He invites us. I'm so grateful that the Lord invites us. You know, He's not, he's not picking and choosing and saying, you're a slob, you can't come. You're okay, you can come. He invites everyone. I just want you to know there is something going on right now in the heavenlies. It goes on all the time. And we just need to learn how to join in with that and begin to enter into that so we can experience what God wants for us. And I want to read to you out of Revelation. It says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within. And they do not rest day or night. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. They never stop, day and night. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you they exist and were created and I John saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne he had a scroll written inside and on the back and it was sealed with seven seals and a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it so I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. Having seen as seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll to open his seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You've made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands riches and wisdom or excuse me the, they say with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth 
And such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing and honor, glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. The 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. That's going on all the time. That's what's going on all the time in the heavenlies. There is a worship service going on 24-7, and it's not some little uh, glad-to-be-here-today type thing. It's a yeehaw. They're getting after it. They are worshiping because they understand where they are and who they are worshiping. And as we begin to enter into that same attitude, we begin to say, Lord, we recognize that you are the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. You're the only one that is worthy to open the seals. You're the only one that's worthy to receive our worship. And you alone can touch us. You alone can change us. You can heal us because it's only in you that salvation and redemption can be found. And you are the one, Lord God, that has redeemed us to our God and you're making us all a kingdom of kings and priests to our God. And you want us to rule and reign in this earth, Lord. And for all that, we worship you. For all that, we acknowledge your greatness, Lord. And this morning, we choose to worship you. We choose to enter in with that heavenly host that is proclaiming who you are 24-7. And today, for an hour and a half today, we're going to set aside this time and we are going to exalt you. We are going to lift your name. We will worship you. Help us, oh God, to keep our eyes on you. Come now and fill this place. Receive our worship. Speak to us. Change us in your presence, Lord, because it's only in your presence that we can be changed. And I thank you, Lord, that you are here to do your work among us now. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. Amen. Stand up and let's get after it.
Thank you that it is in you. It's only in you, Lord. You're the one that has given us your word. It tells us who you are. It tells us who we are, who you want us to be, Lord. And it's, it is our, our faith and our trust in you 
that secures all of that, Lord, because you alone can do it. It's not, it's not knowledge, it's not information, it's only you, Lord. And we thank you that you've made a way. You made a new and living way, Lord, so that we can come to you and offer ourselves, and we know that you will never reject us. I thank you, Lord, that it is by your grace, through our, our simple faith, we receive the free gift of who you are. It's not by works. It's not by our standing and our social standing or our financial standing or anything else. It is only in your grace and our faith in you, Lord, and your provision. That's the only way we can stand. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you that you've chosen us. You called us. You've offered this wonderful life to us. And you said, all who are thirsty, come and I'll let you drink of the waters of life. And you'll be filled and rivers of living water will flow from your innermost being. If any man thirsts, let him come. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that your grace was strong enough to win me over, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that when I didn't care anything about you, when I was a rebel, you kept seeking me out and you kept offering your great grace and your grace finally won me over. Your great love won me over. And I said, yes, and your great grace changed me, Lord. And I freely acknowledge I'm not perfect, but I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you're working in me. You're bringing life and liberty. You're changing me, Lord. And it's all through your grace, your provision on the on the cross where you gave yourself for us. Jesus, hallelujah. hallelujah. Ah, we receive that this morning, Lord. We receive all of your provision. I don't want to just a little part of it. I don't want to limit you. I don't want to just take this little piece over here and leave the other. I want all of it, Lord. I want all of your provision. I want all of your cleansing in my life. I want all of your healing in my life. We sang that a while ago. Heal me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. I don't want to be broken and wounded and messed up. I don't want to be partially healed. I want to be healed. I want to be restored. Oh, God, I need to hear from you this morning so that you can change me. In your presence, Lord, we can be changed from glory to glory. We can be transformed. We can be made into your image, Lord. And it's as we pursue you and as you speak to us, we respond to what you're saying. Give us ears to hear, Lord. Give us a heart to respond. We know, Lord, that you have such a great, wonderful plan for us. You've given us abundant life. Help us to seek that out and to walk in it so we don't limit your ability to give us that life, Lord. I thank you that you are working in us, Lord. And today, today is the day that we say yes to you and some new things. Today is the day that you speak to us. Today is the day that you release us, set us free in new, in new ways. Today is the day that we are going to walk in your fullness just a little bit more than we have before. Today is the day that we're going to be free like never before. Today is the day you're going to speak life into us and we're going to say yes, yes and amen. Let it be so. Lord, today is the day that we're going to join in with that heavenly host. We will worship you. We will exalt you. We will lift your name up because you alone are worthy, the one who was and is and is to come. You are the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are the great I am. In our lives, Lord, you want to be the great I am. You don't want to be the, the I was or I hope to be, but you want to be the I am, our ever-present help in our time of need and trouble, Lord. So when we, when we have a need, Lord, get our, get our eyes on you. Help us to focus ourselves on you so that we'll see you as our healer. We'll see you as our deliverer. We'll see you as our provider. We'll see you as our banner and our, our shepherd and our righteousness and our peace. We'll see you as our Lord and Savior, the one who can do all things well. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you're still doing all things well. Just like they proclaimed that about you when you walked in the flesh among us, Lord. They said he does all things well. And Lord, you're still doing all things well. We receive that this morning. We receive your healing. We receive your cleansing. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your mercy and grace, Lord. And we receive your goodness, Lord, who you are, your glory and your goodness. Oh, God, just reveal who you are to us this morning so that we would see you, know you, like you are, so we can be changed to become like you. Lord, continue to speak to us now. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us as we, as we contemplate what you say to each one of us, Lord. Let us have a, a willing and obedient heart to respond to you, Lord, so that we can be changed and encouraged. And we'll go out of here different than we came in, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated and thank you guys. Man, you know, the Lord is good and uh, He wants us to know how good He is. He wants us to experience His goodness in the way that, that we can't just go about our business in some ho-hum fashion, but that it changes us, literally changes us so that when we're in His presence, we are so moved by his presence that it changes us and we can't just be the same person that we've always been. I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord has given me the ability to, to be emotional. You know, we, we are created as, as emotional beings. We have emotions. And uh, there was a time in my life when I was a young preacher that uh, I, was, I was hard. I didn't... I didn't have the ability to respond like I do now. But you know, when you get beat up in life a little bit, and then you walk through all those difficulties, and, and you see God's redemption, and you see His love, and how He continues to work, even though maybe you were a little bit rebellious or difficult, and weren't receptive to what He was doing. You know, most of our problems are self-inflicted, and uh, I had a lot of self-inflicted problems. And, and when God began to deliver me, he gave me, he gave me a new heart. He really did. He gave me the ability to, to be grateful like never before. And I don't want to ever forget that. And I hope that God will begin to just pour that out in your life because when you see how much God has really done and worked in your life and you become appreciative for that, it kind of changes the way you think about everything. And when you look at other people and you see maybe... On the surface, they got some problems or whatever. You tend to not want to judge them because you remember that you had those same problems yourself. You had, you had sin and, and problems in your own life. And how can you judge somebody else? 
I think that's why it offends God so much when, when we're unforgiving to people because he forgave us of everything. How can we turn around then and look at other people and judge them and say, you're not as good as me? Just think about that. So <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to play a video about Memorial Day, and then we're going to have a little time of prayer. And somebody can uh, get those lights when we get uh, ready to go here. Turn the lights back on. So, you know, I'm, we're we're still memorializing it. That's okay. <clears throat> I grew up in a home of a World War II veteran, and I was very blessed because uh, he wasn't totally messed up or anything. He came home healthy. He had a few minor injuries, you know, he lost his hearing in one ear, basically, and he used that to his advantage sometimes. We'd ask him for stuff, and he'd be like, huh, huh? Yeah. But, but, um, but he, never, he never talked about it much, and uh, he went in at D-Day and all that stuff, saw all the horrors of war, and, and I'm, I'm struck by the fact two things. One, um, because he came home, I'm here. And so many people didn't come home from that war and the Korean War and Vietnam. And, you know, we've had, we've had all, and we've had the Iraq and Iran wars and different things. People die in the military all the time, even just in logistics, you know, just, you know, moving equipment around and stuff. I mean, it's, it is a sacrifice to, to serve in the military. And so we honor those who have uh, served and especially today, those who gave everything. And I'm especially grateful because, you know, we can't, we can't have this freedom if somebody doesn't help keep it. And uh, our military is a, it's a great thing, and uh, we ought to be really proud, and we ought to remember to pray for our military regularly, lift them up. And I want to I encourage you to do that because these are, these are really perilous times that we live in. We fight uh, enemies that you can't recognize, you can't even know who they all are, and yet they're out there. 
So the uh, amazing thing to me is that so many people have come home and they still they love this country and they try to be productive citizens even though they've got problems that they, they come home from the war and the families who lost loved ones, they're forever changed. And you know, it's, it's a sacrifice for those who gave their life as well as the families of those. So I just want to ask you to, to join me in a, in a time of prayer. Lord, we thank you for, thank you for all those who have willingly served they've willingly given themselves and and i know they don't they don't say i want to go die but in in doing what they do they are saying i am willing to do that and i thank you lord for the brave men and women who have signed up and said i'll go i'll hold the line and lord for the families who have suffered greatly because they lost loved ones and for those who gave their lives, Lord, we just honor them and we ask that you bless them. And, and those uh, who have suffered so much because of all this, I pray f peace and favor and blessing in their lives, Lord. And, and I also pray right now that all of our military that serve all over the planet now, or that you would touch the men and women this morning, as we, as we pray right now, Lord, that you would touch them, that you'd let them know that you love them, that you care for them, and that you want to be part of their life, Lord. You want to reveal yourself to them, and, and you want to be able to, to show them the plan that you have for their life. And, Lord, I pray protection and favor and blessing over them and their families, and give them peace, Lord. Bring them home safely. And for all those who, who have served and come home with, uh, with injuries and, and problems and uh, the, all the stress and, and distress that they've experienced, Lord, I pray peace and favor and healing in them, that they would not have to, to walk in that for the rest of their life, but Lord, that you would heal them, set them free so that they can be healed and whole, that they can sleep in peace, that they can think in peace, that they won't have chaos in their minds, Lord. And those who have lost limbs and other horrible injuries, Lord, I pray that you just touch and, and heal and help them to, to rise above their terrible needs, Lord, and to, and to trust in you provide for them and take care of them. Let them have, have faith and courage to, to move forward, Lord, every day. And I thank you for that. Thank you for what you do. And Lord, we thank you for this country, that, that your hand is upon us, and we, we ask for your deliverance, Lord. Deliver us from corruption in this country, Lord. From our, our leaders, Lord, we ask that you turn their hearts towards you. Let our leaders begin to to hear from you, Lord. Let them make decisions with, with your direction and wisdom. Let them be turned towards you that they would come to know you, Lord. The ones that we support politically and the ones we don't support, Lord, it doesn't matter. Turn all of their hearts towards you. We need you to show up and change our hearts, Lord. We as your people, those who are called by your name, we humble ourselves before you and we turn and repent, Lord, and we say, forgive us and heal us and heal this land, Lord. Let truth come out and let justice be done. Those who have broken laws and done wrong, Lord, I pray that, that justice would be done. And those who are innocent and have been falsely accused, I pray that they be fully exonerated, Lord. Rise up, O oh God. Rise up in this nation, Lord, and let us begin to proclaim again the truth of your word. That the, the laws and the courts and the leaders 
from every level, Lord, that we would begin to honor you once again and put you back as Lord over all of our affairs. And Lord, we pray against this virus and we speak to it and say, be healed now in Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, that you cause us to rise up and be the body of Christ as we should be, that we would begin to love and touch people and help people and do the things that you've called us to do. Or give us favor and blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I never feel like I do justice to any of these Memorial Days or Veterans Days. You know, it's hard to say enough to, to really express our gratitude for what people have done. And we've got, we've got folks right here in our body that served, and some, some served during wartime and some not. But uh, thank you. Thank you to everyone. And thank you to your families who have you sacrificed along with those who go. So we thank you all and we appreciate you all. So I guess uh, I'm going to let you greet one another by standing up. And just look around, nod and smile and high five uh, from a distance, you know. Reminds me of a song, from a distance, you know. <clears throat> no. I really like that song, but I, it, theologically I, I disagree with it. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so, you know, it's amazing to me that um, God never changes. Never changes. And His plan for us is good. And it's been the same plan that He's had from the very beginning. <clears throat> and you know what? You guys haven't changed either, you know. It doesn't matter if I let you shake hands or what. You still won't shut up when I start talking. So that's okay. I'm glad y'all are friendly. Um, <clears throat> so the, the thing that I've, I've been talking about for several weeks, and we're still going to be talking about for several weeks yet to come. Uh, y'all can sit down now, by the way. Uh, We're talking about uh, wounds in our soul, and we're talking about uh, different ways that those wounds occur and how, how the Lord wants to heal us. I thought that was appropriate that we sang uh, Taliesin's song this morning, you know, Heal Me, uh, because that's what we're talking about. Uh, you know, in, in that song, I don't know exactly what he had in mind when he wrote it, but uh, there's not a whole lot in there talking about physical wounds. And so I'm suspicion that we're talking about heal all of our brokenness. And we, the more we acknowledge that we have brokenness and we lay that out before the Lord, the more he can heal us and restore us. And David, King David, you know, he was, he was a great guy, um, especially early in his life. And, um, but he had, he had these, uh, these great prayers, you know, and he, the Psalm, uh, Psalms 23 he acknowledged, you know, how that he needed the Lord and how the Lord was watching over him as his shepherd, related it to being a sheep and a shepherd. And he, and he said, he, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David understood that we've all got areas in our inner man that's, that's wounded. 
it's messed up. We need to be healed. And David said, the Lord restores my soul. And then, you know, we'll, we'll read it probably later, maybe. Uh, Psalms 51, after David had uh, done some pretty dastardly things, and, uh, and the Lord was convicting him, and he was praying, and he said, you know, heal me, Lord, you know, and, and search me and find all the stuff in me that's, that's not right, and just, you know, fix me up. I'm broken, and we all need to be praying that way. So I want <clears throat> to just kind of go back and reiterate a couple of things, and um, I say this from time to time, but, you know, the God's plan hasn't really ever changed. From the very beginning in the garden, Adam and Eve, he had a plan. And, uh, and when Adam and Eve disobeyed his revealed plan, they chose to do something other than what they were supposed to do. It changed everything. And then everyone born after that is born with a sinful nature. And we're basically, we're rebels. And some more than others. Some of us are more, more rebellious than others, I guess. Just, you know, we're all different people. Uh, we have our own unique personalities and character qualities. And I would suggest to you that, that some of that is because that when we are, are being formed in the womb, each one of us, we're being shapen by the characteristics of our parents and our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-great-greats, you know, I mean, way, way back. I mean, all those characteristics are passed down. And, you know, the scientists all say that that's genetics and you have your genes. That's why you have the curly hair, straight hair, what color hair, what color your eyes are, all that sort of thing. More likely to be born a male or a female or, you know, all that stuff. They've got all these ways of doing that. But I would just suggest to you that there's probably every bit as much or even more spiritual genetics that's being passed down that are shaping you to be who you are than the physical things. And uh, so when my, we read earlier about what's going on in heaven, you know, there there is a, a natural realm that we all see and walk in, touch and feel, you know, our lives right here on the earth, everything. But there's also a spiritual realm. It's a, we don't see it with our eyes unless God, you know, gives you some revelation where you can see it. But what we read about this morning is a real event that's going on in heaven. There is true worship going on. There are those four living creatures. There are you know, the elders, and, and they're, they're worshiping, and they're proclaiming, and there's these thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, you know, from the beginning of time, everyone who has walked with the Lord and has gone into eternity, they are there, and they are worshiping. There is this heavenly host, and it's made up of, of the saints of God who have gone before us, as well as an angelic host. There, that is a spiritual realm that we can't see with our natural eyes, and yet, it's revealed to us in the Word, so we know that it's true. And what I would suggest to you is that it's not just going on in heaven. It's going on all around us, all the time. And we don't see that. And if we don't know that that's going on, then we're probably not going to be as successful in our walk with the Lord as we ought to be. So I want to read a few verses to you and talk about it. And hopefully, you know, I'm... 
I'm not a, a, a demon or a devil chaser, anything like that, but if we, don't, if we don't acknowledge there is a real devil and there are real demonic spirits, there are real evil spirits in the world, if you don't acknowledge that, then you're at a great disadvantage doing any kind of spiritual warfare. I mean, you, you need to be aware that there is something going on all the time. And I can tell you just real simply what's going on is that the devil wants to lie to you, cheat you, steal from you, mess you up, and ultimately kill you. And he's doing that with every means available to him. And if you don't understand that, you are at a disadvantage. And most of us, when we go through difficulties in our lives, we see, we see things happening and it's like, oh man, you know, I got this problem, you know, my car broke down or, or this person is being mean to me and I don't understand why. You know, some of those things are just natural events that happen because we live in a fallen world and stuff happens. But some of those things will also be because the enemy is orchestrating events against you. He is manipulating other people in and around you and circumstances in and around you, trying to create havoc in your life to steal from you, to cheat you, to lie to you, to mess you up, and ultimately he wants to kill you. If he can't kill you and send you to hell, then the next best thing is just make you ineffective in God's kingdom. And you know, those of us who are walking with the Lord, we're not worried about losing our salvation, but we need to be concerned about being effective in the kingdom of God. And that's why I'm talking about this, because we need to, if you don't recognize you have a problem, you're probably not going to get your problem solved. So I'm talking about this so that we can begin to maybe get some revelation and understanding about it in some new areas in our lives. I believe the Lord wants to speak to us. I believe he always wants to speak to us. <clears throat> and it's, um, he can do that through his word. He can do it through a preacher or a teacher. He can do it uh, through a friend or a family member. He can do it through nature. You know, you can look at creation and, and, and God can speak to you. You can, you can use a donkey if he wants to, you know. I know you're probably thinking, yeah, he's using you, right? So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, God, God can speak to us. And the only reason that he can't speak to us is if we don't allow him to, if we limit him by us responding to him. Jesus said it over and over again, and it's in Revelations quite a lot, but he says, hey, he who has ears to hear, listen up. You know, and we need to be people who are listening, and we need to be listening to the correct voices. We don't want to be like Adam and Eve listening to the, the voice of the serpent. We need to be listening to what God says. And when we hear a voice, we need to always be thinking, okay, now is this, is this the Lord? Or is this just some natural thought? Or is this actually the devil? And God gives us the ability to discern that. And part of the reason that we can discern it is because if we know the word, we can compare things with the word. And we see if it matches up and if it, if it passes the test of what scripture says, then you can believe that it's probably the Lord. Although um, sometimes people can, can even take scripture and twist it and make it into something that um, is, is not really appropriate. And you know, there's a lot of people that are well-meaning and 
you know, as a young Christian, uh, I, I remember times where I, I didn't know what to do and I'd pray and, uh, because I didn't have the maturity to just say, Lord, I'm going to just wait until you speak to me. You know, I'd do the old, uh, the old Gideon thing, you know, where you put the fleece out. You know, he'd say, just, you know, if this is you, show me, you know, do this. And if it's something you really want bad, you know, you usually pick something really easy, you know. And I remember when I was, I was 15 years old, and I was getting my, my beginner's license, and I had this, my, my dad had bought and sold some cars, and he had, he had a 63 Chevrolet. And, uh, man, I, I was wanting to drive that car, you know. And so, like, Lord, if this is, if this is meant for me to do, then uh, let that be the first thing I think of in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> Well, that was the only thing I was thinking about 24 hours a day, you know, so, <clears throat> so I was convinced that God talked to me, but, uh, so you have to be careful about, about all that, because you can, you can kind of manipulate your own thoughts and thinking, and other people can too, and sometimes uh, counsel is a good thing, but you have to be careful, because sometimes people will give you bad counsel, and uh, you can ask people sometimes, well, what do you think about this? And, well, they'll, they'll just get right up there beside you. Oh, yeah, man, you need to do this. They're, those people are treating you bad. You, you need to, you know, they, they, they just jump right in there giving you all that. And what we really need is we need to be hearing what God says about the situation. What is God saying? And, and sometimes friends and family members or, a, you know, a spiritual uh, leader in your life could give you the right counsel so that you would have the wisdom to help make the right decision. But you have to be careful because sometimes people will just, they will just say something to you that sounds good. They might not be malicious, but they might not be really hearing from God. And so we have to be cautious about that. So the Lord is always wanting to speak to us. He's wanting us to, to get in line with his will and his purpose for our lives and not just do our own thing. Because when you do your own thing, I can just tell you, it doesn't always work out that well. Because God has a plan for you, and he had a plan for Adam and Eve. And, you know, do you ever think about what would have happened if, just what if Adam and Eve never sinned? That garden would be really big now. I mean, it would be like a worldwide garden, you know, and I guess uh, everybody would have to make that journey pretty frequently to that tree of life. Because, you know, everybody would still be just like they were. If nobody ever sinned, we'd all be born with no sin. Pretty unlikely that, you know, not one of us would have turned out to be a knucklehead like them, but uh, just, just say it. So God has a plan. And then we choose. And because of the things we choose, then we either walk in the, in the benefits and the provisions and the fullness of his plan, or we get into the, by the sweat of our brow part. That's what happened when Adam and Eve deviated from his plan. Everything changed for him, and everything is different for us now also. So, <clears throat> at the time that uh, Noah was, was living, God was looking at man, and uh, because Every, I believe every generation, you know, they were deviating further and further and further from, from the original um, created beings that they were. And, that, you know, they started, uh, they started having murder and they started doing all kinds of things and, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And so 
In the time of Noah, God said, I'm sorry that I even did this. I'm going to start over. I'm just going to wipe out everybody except Noah. Let him and his family start over, and through them, we're going to replenish the earth. But God made this statement. He said, so, he said, it's uh, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I mean, that's, that's a, lot of, uh, a lot of bad adverbs and adjectives there, you know, describing how bad we were. Only evil continually. And so that is what is in us innately. Sorry, I'm just telling you, that's what it is. And, and when Noah and his sons came out of the flood and they started over, you know, they, they were connected to those people from before. And so as they began to replenish the earth, then some of that same ugliness began to be in us, and it got passed down from generation to generation. So I think bottom line is that's what, that's what we, we need to recognize is that we have things in us that are not by design God's plan for us, and we need to see those things, and we need to get them out of us. When God begins to reveal things in our lives, you know, if you've got anger issues or you've got bitterness or pride, you realize that, you know, you, you have a certain way of thinking about other people, you begin to realize that the Lord is bringing revelation and you see things in your life that are not like God's design, then you need to acknowledge those things and begin to deal with them. And the way you deal with them, it's real simple. You just say, okay, I recognize that's, that's wrong. That's a wrong behavior in my life, and I'm going to confess it to you, Lord. I confess it as sin, and I repent from it. I turn. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want to be like you. In this area of my life, I've been like the devil, basically, and now I want to be like you. I want to change. And so forgive me, cleanse me, wash me in your blood. Just make me whole, make me new. Heal me. And as we begin to pray that about things, God will begin to give us the ability to change. That's where his grace works in us. It's all through the provision of the cross. But it struck me something, you know, this verse we quote quite frequently in 1 John. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there is something significant about us recognizing a sin in our life or a a behavior, a habit, a pattern, a bent or a stronghold, a wound, however you want to call it. You recognize it and you confess it. And it says that he is faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse you from it. Not just forgive it, but he'll actually cleanse you from it. And that's what we're getting to in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking more and more about that aspect of it. But I just want you to understand that we've all got things in our lives that are, they are not good things. And we need to be willing to look at our lives and say, Lord, I'm just, I want to just lay everything before you and be totally honest, humble myself and say, here I am. I'm just, just like I'm stripped, stark, naked, and bare before you. You can see everything. He can see it anyway, right? But us coming to the place where we, we willingly offer ourselves like that, 
is really key because that's, that's what holds up the whole process is that we don't make ourselves available for God to shine that light into and expose. We don't make ourselves available for him to, to say, here it is right here, and put his finger on it, say, this is the thing. This is the thing that I'm talking about. We make ourselves available like that. We humble ourselves, and we say, here I am, whatever. Just, you know, when we do that, then he can reveal things to us. And when we get revelations of those things, we can deal with them. So, I want to read you a couple of verses now. In um, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, familiar verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's what I'm saying. There is a spiritual warfare that's going on all the time. We don't see these principalities and powers and rulers and you know, spiritual forces. We don't see all that with our natural eyes, but we, we experience the effects of that warfare in everyday life. And so we have situations that come up where, you know, someone says something to us and we, we have a chance to respond. And we can respond with, oh man, you know, I just love you or, oh man, you know, I'm just going to let that slide or we can, why you, you know, and we get all twisted up. That's the way, that's the way it works in everyday life. We have choices all day long, every day. And we are wrestling not against flesh and blood. Now, you may think you're wrestling against flesh and blood because it's some person that's saying that to you. But I'm telling you, it is a spiritual battle that's going on. And when you get the spiritual part right, that, that physical part will be okay too. See, it's okay. When you get the spiritual part right, it's okay. And I, you know, man, in my life, there were times people would... They would do things, and, and it's, I kept just thinking, why do I keep dealing with these mean, nasty people? Why do I keep dealing with these people that they rub me like this? Why do they irritate me like this? And I finally came to the conclusion, it's because something in me is not right. And when I get that right, they won't irritate me anymore. They won't rub me anymore. They don't even have the ability to do it anymore because I'm healed. I'm not like that anymore. And man, when that begins to happen, that's a game changer. Yeah. Because now I can be different. I'm not the same person that I used to be. Now, I have to guard against it. Because, you know, those same, those same things will come up. And from time to time, you, uh, you have experiences where something will you know, kind of trigger that and tweak that and, and then those Thoughts begin to come back and those old ways of reacting begin to come back and you have to say, no, I'm not going there. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against all these spiritual forces that we don't see. And that's the challenge because we see the natural stuff. We see that our car's broken down. We see that our boss fired us or we see that, you know, our next door neighbor you know, throws trash over in our yard, and all the different things that people go through. You know, you could name a bajillion things. 
We couldn't name them all, you know, but all those possibilities, those things that are going on, they're happening. You see them with your eyes and you're looking at them and yet that's just the surface. What's going on in the spiritual realm underneath all that is where we need to focus our attention. And it's not so much on the other side, it's in us. Because you can't control the other side. You understand that. That's what we always want to do. Oh, God, just make them quit being so nasty and mean and rude. Just make them, you know, change them, Lord. We need to be praying, change me. Change me so that their behavior doesn't even bother me anymore. Change me so I can be like you, Lord Jesus. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He didn't say, change them. But we're always wanting to change the other person. You do not have the ability to change the other person. I just testify. I would like to change the other person. Believe me, sometimes I would like to change them. But you can't. You do not have the ability. You're powerless to do that. And so you better focus on the thing that you can change. And what you can change is your own heart. You can change the way you respond to other people and other situations. And you do that by becoming more mature spiritually, by reading the Word, allowing the Spirit to bring revelation insight to you, and just beginning to deal with things. You've got to change the patterns in your life. You can't just keep doing the same stuff you've always done and expect to get a different result. It won't work. You have to be changed. If you want to be different, you've got to be different. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That last phrase, I've always wondered, what in the world does that mean? But I think what it means is some of you are going to figure it out and you're going to respond and you're going to, and you're going to be obedient to the Lord. And some of you are not. And it's not going to work out so good for you. So I'm encouraging you, be the, be the one that says, okay, God, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I see that I've got these areas in my life that are messed up and broken and wrong and I'm willing. Here I am. Change me. And that's the beauty of coming together as a group and worshiping because when we begin to experience the presence of the Lord, He can do things in your life while you're right there in His presence. You're just sitting there minding your own business and then the Holy Spirit will come and just begin to speak into you and say, hey, remember this thing? Remember that thing right there? And He can just heal you right there on the spot. And He can show that to you and say, yeah, I see that. Change me. That's what the Lord wants. He wants us to be willing and obedient. That's all he's ever wanted. All the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, he said, just, just do this one thing. And you know, it's still really just the one thing. Just obey me. I, you know, don't, don't get all caught up in, in all the different things to obey. Just obey my voice. That's what he wants. He wants us to obey his voice. And he wants to speak to us in all these different ways. Matthew 12, 43 through 45. 
It says, when an unclean spirit or a demon goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. And then he says, huh, I'll just go back where I came from. That old house back there where I used to live, and I'll go back there. It's all cleaned up nice and neat and ready, but it's empty. So I'm just going to go back there. But he doesn't go back alone. Oh, no. It says he takes seven other spirits that are more wicked than himself, and they go back and they enter and they dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now, the reason I tell you that is because there, there is this spiritual realm, and there's communication in the spiritual realm. You know, again, we don't see it. We don't know about it all. But I tell you, the demons have the ability to talk to each other, and they know things about people's lives because there's this ability in the spiritual realm to communicate. Do you ever notice that it, uh, like people tend to attract like people? You know, that's, uh, you can have... You can have a conference with a bunch of beautiful, wonderful, spiritual people seeking God, and there'll be a couple of rebellious teenagers, and I guarantee you if they hang around a couple of days, those two rebellious teenagers will be friends by the time they leave that conference. It just works that way, because in the spiritual realm, those demons are communicating, and they begin to manipulate things in the background, and so... You know, you'll be sitting there and you look across the room and you see someone you think, man, you know, I, don't know, I might want to meet that person. And, you know, works the same way sometimes uh, with physical attraction between men and women. You know, you look and you say, oh, I might want to meet that person. And I'm not saying it's all bad or wrong. I'm just saying that that's the way it works. There, there are things going on in the spiritual realm all the time that we don't see or really fully understand. But when we begin to understand that it's going on, then you got a better chance of dealing with it. And you got a better chance of uh, arming yourself because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And the weapons of our warfare, they're not flesh and blood. I mean, you can't pull out your knife or your six gun and, you know, I shot that devil down. No, you have to do it by the word of God and the provision on the cross, the blood of the lamb and the Holy Spirit helping you figure out how all that works in this particular situation. That's the weapons of our warfare. And when you begin to realize that, and that's what you begin to arm yourself with, and if you read on, you know, he gives, he gives all of it. He says, you know, you've got to put on the full armor. You've got to put on the full armor, not just a piece here or a piece there, but put it all on because you want to have your protection and you want to have everything in order where you can run and you can stand and you can defend and you can fight and you can charge and you can, you can retreat a little bit if you need to. You have to have all the right armor on. You wouldn't want to go into a modern day warfare you know, where they're using tanks and laser guided missiles and all the new fangled stuff. You wouldn't want to be going in with a bow and arrow unless you're Rambo. Of course, he, you know, he could kill them all with a bow and arrow. You know. But, but you, wanna, you want to have all the weapons available to you. And if, if we have the modern weapons available to us, then let's use the modern weapons. And, uh, and in that analogy, I would just say it's what we are learning now 
are the modern weapons. It's the stuff that, we're, that we are becoming aware of. You know, let's don't just revert back to what we've always known. How about if we can learn something new? How about we apply that too? How about if God begins to give us some new revelation and insight and wisdom that we say, okay, hey, I got another weapon I can use. I didn't know I had this weapon, but now I do, so I'm going to use it. Yeah, you know, they, they got so many cool weapons in, in the modern army. I mean, they got, they got guns that'll shoot around corners and everything else. You know, I mean, it, you can see around the corner, you can shoot around the corner, put your name on the bullet and say, you know, go get him. I mean, it's, it's amazing what, what people have done with technology. And it's amazing what God has done in the power of his word. You realize that his word, he created everything. He spoke it into existence, and then he said, okay, now... I want to set it all in order so that everything works just like it's supposed to. And in Hebrews, it says that by the power of his word, he keeps all that functioning. His word is so powerful. It's beyond our comprehension. We look at his word and we say, yeah, there's some good stuff in there. But I mean, his word is power. It'll change our lives completely. But we have to understand what he says. And we have to, we have to know what he's saying. And we have to know how to apply it. And we have to believe it. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But we have to believe he is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. If you just say, I acknowledge that God's up there somewhere, that's not going to help you very much. But when you begin to acknowledge that, that God is right here with me, no, he's not just with me, he's in me. And when he's in me, his power in me gives me the ability to be who I'm supposed to be. So that I don't have to be the same old broken down slob that I've always been. I can be changed. I can have a new heart. That's what David prayed. God, create within me a new heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Heal me. Change me. Well, I want to read one last scripture and then we're going to, we're going to close up. In Acts 26, Paul was testifying before some authorities and um, it was Festus and Agrippa and he said, this is what happened to me. You know, I, I want to tell you what happened to me. When I became a believer, this is how it worked. He said, Jesus appeared to me and he said, arise and stand on your feet. For I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you've seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. And I'm sending you there to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Now, the reason I, I read that to you is because I want you to understand that Paul said, look, when, when I became a believer, this is what happened. God said, I'm going to show you the things that I'm doing in you and I'm going to also show you the things that I'm going to do in you. So when we come to the Lord, something happens. 
boom, right there on the spot. I mean, you are born again. Your spirit becomes alive and you can communicate with the Lord. You become a spiritual being like never before. God can, can now speak to you and you have the ability to hear his voice more clearly because your spirit, your inner man has become alive. That happens right there on the spot. But there's a whole lot of other stuff that needs to happen along the way. The Bible talks about it repeatedly, about uh, our growing and maturing, our sanctification. That's a big word for saying getting cleaned up, getting straightened up, getting healed, getting delivered, getting changed. Paul said, look, I was saved or delivered. I am being saved and delivered, and I will yet be saved or delivered. He understood that this is a process. You know, it begins... That's not the end. It's just the beginning. And some of us have been at this a long time. And some of us, not so much. But the ones that are, that are just now starting out, that's what you need to understand, is that this is a process. It's, you started the process. You've got to stay the course. You just keep saying, Lord, here I am. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be Lord of my life today. I want you to be more Lord of my life tomorrow. I want you to be Lord of my life next week. I give it to you. And all the things that I used to do that were not right, the things that I didn't need to be doing, I'm turning away from those things now. I don't want to do those anymore. And by your grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to change me so I don't have to be like I used to be. I can be different. Man, I tell you, that ought to make you want to say yeehaw because there is hope there. That's where the hope is, is that you can be different. You don't have to be the same that you've always been. That is what makes me get up every day and think, yeah, today is the day I can be different. Amen. Yesterday was the day I can be different too. Maybe I didn't make it everywhere, but today is a new chance because His mercy is new every morning. It changes every day, every day. It's the same mercy coming back to change me, heal me and deliver me, keep my hope alive so that I know I can be different. Maybe you love yourself like you are, and there, you know, there's a balance there. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be saying you hate yourself, obviously, but, but you shouldn't be totally content with everything in your life. Paul said, he said, I've learned to be content whether I'm hungry or, or uh, full or if I'm naked or, or clothed or if I got money or don't. Or he said, you know, you can beat me up, you can throw me in the sea, whatever. I can be content with all that. But then he also said, but I, I'm not content with everything about my life because I want to know him. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. And I tell you what, I'm forgetting all that mess that was in the past and I'm pressing on towards the mark and I got my eyes on the prize and I'm not going to be content with the same person that I've always been because I want to be different. Because God has said I can be different. I'm holding him to his word and I'm persuaded. I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day and it's not going to be some sloppy, crummy, second-rate experience because he wants me to have life and life more abundantly. That's what we're talking about. We need to get our eyes on that. We need to say, I don't want, I don't want the, the parcel stuff anymore. It's kind of like going down to the bank and saying, I want, I want to withdraw everything in that account. I want it all. I don't just want part. I'm not just going to take a part and leave it for the bank. I want it all. It's mine. That's what God said to us. I have given you this. I have freely given you this. Would you just receive it? 
That's what the Lord wants us to agree to. He wants us to say yes to his plan. And all I'm asking you to do as we move forward in this teaching, just be willing to read the scripture. Let God speak to you. You know, I'm, I may be telling you some things that are new or different to you, and you may not have really thought about it that way. That's okay. Just think about it. Let God speak to you. Be willing to let God speak to you. And when you read scripture, and maybe, maybe your way of thinking about it gets challenged, just ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Ask the Lord to help you find other scriptures. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You know, you don't want to just pick a scripture, and you don't want to just always refer back to what you learned as a child. Not that it was all wrong, necessarily, but be willing to listen to what God's saying to you. Read the Word of God. See what He's saying. Worship Him, y'all come back. So, there's a, um, a lot of things we could talk about in relation to this, and I'm, I'm just going to mention this to you. In relation to things that are passed down generationally, and things that are uh, that become a part of our life for various reasons. There are um, some really close friends that we have sometimes in our lives, and those close friends, um, they they can be really wonderful relationships, and sometimes not so much because sometimes our really close friends are you know, drinking and doping buddies, or, or you know something like that. Those kind of friendships, they create um, some, bad, some bad things in your life. Because what happens is, when we get close to people, we begin to experience some of their problems. Those influences in our life begin to influence us as well. And I'll just give you this, and you can go read about yourself. But in the life of King David, he started out a pretty great guy. He, everything was going right on. And then uh, the Bible says that he and Jonathan became great friends. And they actually, they made a covenant. And, uh, and it says that their souls were knit together. They become, they become like one. I mean, it's really, it's a similar expression to, to husband and wife becoming married, joined together. They, they, became, they became knit together in a way that allowed them to, to sort of exchange some of their good and bad behaviors, I guess. So, and then David also, he married one of Saul's daughters. And um, so David kind of got a double dose. He became, he became acquainted and, and joined to some people, and he got some influence in his life. And then you look at his life later in life, and that's when he started having the problems with Bathsheba and killing Uriah. And he, you know, he, he did, he had all kinds of problems. And, and, his, and look at his family. You know, they had incest and they had murder and they had uh, rebellion. David, David was a good guy. And God, God referred to him as a man who was after my heart. And yet... David had problems. And I'm just saying we all have problems. And we need to be like David and just say, Lord, here I am. You know, I'm, I'm praying. I'm saying, heal me. Create a clean heart. You know, 
Look in my heart and see if there's any wicked way. See if there's anything in me that needs changing. And if you're honest and sincere, I guarantee you, the Lord will show you some things. Because we've all got things in our lives that need to be changed. So as we, as we worship, I just want you to let the Lord speak to you. I believe that the Lord is going to speak to each one of us about some things in our lives that he wants to deal with. Well, let's stand. what we do this morning. We lay everything down at the foot of your cross because it's at your cross that you provided all that we need in this life and in the life to come. Lord, your provision is enough. And your provision is what we count on, Lord. We know in our own strength we have no power or ability to really change ourselves or anything else in life but in you, Lord. You are making all things new. And in you, we rejoice and we celebrate the things you've done in our lives, Lord. We can wear your forgiveness just like a crown. We can, we can brag about the fact that you've forgiven us. Ah, thank you, Lord. I don't have to 
go around crying and moaning and, and condemning myself over the past, but I can celebrate your forgiveness in my life, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you that you are so good and, and loving, Lord, and you never, you never give up on us. I thank you that you come to us and your love wins us over, Lord. You won our hearts with your great love, and you continue to win our hearts daily, Lord. As we, as we want to walk with you, Lord, I pray that every day we would recognize that you are pursuing us and you're trying to win our hearts so that we would choose you every day. We would choose you over the lies of the enemy. We choose you over, over the, the circumstances of life that are, that are distracting us. We would choose you, Lord. Choose your winning of our hearts and we would say yes to you. Yes to you, Lord. If you don't know the Lord today, uh, it's real easy. You just acknowledge your great need of Him. And we're all, we're all messed up. We've all got problems. But when we say, Lord, I need you. I need you to forgive me and cleanse me. And I need you to come and live in my heart and be my Lord. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to have this abundant life that we're talking about this morning. I need that. You can pray that prayer. If you're here and you want to talk about it or pray, you can come and I'll meet you. If you have other needs, I just ask that you just let God speak to you right now. He is the provider. He is the healer. He's the redeemer. Whatever you need, it is in Him and the provision of His cross.
can get excited about the Lord because yes. of what he's done in our lives. Hallelujah. Man, there is hope. Ooh, yeah. We got to get our eyes on that hope. He is the blessed hope. You can have hope in your job. You can have hope in a relationship. You can yes. have hope in all kinds of things, Thank but you, you're going to be disappointed. But there is a hope that you won't be disappointed in. Hallelujah. And that is Jesus Christ. You yes. put your hope in him. Hallelujah. I promise you won't be disappointed. Amen. So Lord, we thank you for your provision. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. And I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to each one of us. And we ask that you seal these words, Holy Spirit. Seal these words in our hearts so that as we go from here, you continue to speak to us. Challenge us and stir us, Lord. Help us to make ourselves willing and obedient to you. And offer ourselves fully and say, here we are. Come and shine your light and change us. Make us like you, Lord Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Go and be blessed. Have a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. And uh, next week, next week, woo-hoo, Mitch Wellhire is going to bring the word. Well, I just want to encourage you. He is fired up and he's ready to lay it on us and God's going to speak to us. So uh, tell a friend, come back next week. Lord bless you.